Hey guys, uh, welcome to Let's Talk Red Wings here, uh, the new show, uh, new podcast about the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So it's myself, uh, Brendan, I got Mike here, and uh, our host, Darian Hayes. Producer extraordinaire. All right, ready to roll. So yeah, we get, we're a group that has extensive knowledge of the Detroit Red Wings, me and him, longtime season ticket holders, Darian, lifelong fan of the team. We've watched damn near every game. Uh, in our lives and for him for a long stretch of time he's old enough that all the games didn't used to be on tv that's right so it's it's been a while he used the to days have to, of pass used to have to uh yeah the days of pass you had to listen to it on the radio so yeah we bring an extensive knowledge about the detroit red wings and we're hoping to bring that to you and we're gonna put an interesting twist on it we're not gonna be your typical boring fall asleep podcast uh we got some entertainment involved yeah. we're, we're pretty good Pretty name good the for game, the humor. Name of the game is fun. That's the name of the game. That's what we're here for. That's what we want to do. So yeah. So let's talk Red Wings. Tell a friend about it. And I'm excited to have you all listen. All right. Let's get into it. We'll start <clears throat> a little game recap from Tuesday night. Yeah. So it was a five-four loss to Dallas. It was a game where the Wings fought back after being down five to two in the second period. Uh, the Wings made Rope Hints look like Wayne Gretzky out there. He ended up being the first star of the game. Wyatt Johnson also had a good game for the Stars. And Jake Ottinger had a bounce-back game for, uh, for the Dallas Stars. Um, Perron opened the scoring on a power play. He, uh, he sniped one home. Debrinkat got off the schneid. Absolutely. And he was able to find the net. It's feeling really like So that was his first goal in 11. So it was good to see him get back on the score sheet. Um, that was to tie the game. And then the Red Wings... As we said, had a horrible second period where Dallas hemmed him in. Worst period of the new year, we would say, and it was a three-goal lead before we knew it. Five to two, twenty-five to seven shots. Yeah, by far the worst uh, period of the calendar year by far. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later when we get into some X's and O's, but uh, that's for later in the show. Yeah. So then, uh, about halfway through the third through the third period, Christian Fisher. Went and uh, put the puck in the back of the net. Only one problem, Darian. Offside. It was pretty blatantly obvious, too. Yeah. There wasn't much debate for it. Yeah, it was a great uh, a great uh, replay. Um, and then the Wings end up getting on the score sheet and making it a tighter hockey game when Dylan Larkin scored on a feed from Lucas Raymond. Your typical uh, Dylan Larkin goal scoring from the slot looked good. Good shot, better shots. So. Absolutely, yeah. He's uh, he's really playing that middle shooter uh, role well in the power play. A lot of teams call it bumper. Uh, I'll get into that in future shows, but uh, yeah, he's doing a really good job there. And then uh, JT Comper scored to make the game a five-four hockey game. This game was a couple nights ago, so we're kind of jogging our memory of this one. But yeah, JT Comper scored. It was a one-goal hockey game. Looked like the Wings have a shot. Dallas puts a puck out of play. And the Wings go to a six-on-four power play due to James Reimer being pulled because he had replaced Alex Lyon earlier in the game. Wings aren't able to capitalize. Uh, Dallas was tenacious on the puck in that sequence, and they killed off the last 30 seconds of the game. The Wings got a couple of looks, but nothing really blatant as a good look. And that was the wrap from the big pizza box, the LCA. Yeah, that was uh, that was a face-off that they really needed if they wanted to have a chance of really setting something up, and getting a couple good looks, but it uh, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. One of those games where you just 
you got to be able to play three periods. You have it's hard to come back from just a complete terrible second. Yeah, you can have a bad period every now and then. You can't have especially coming the out worst of the period. period. Yeah. Especially coming out of the gates, you can first yeah. period you you can afford to. Second period, not so much. Yep. All right, so it's a good time to get into some predictions. The Wings, right in the thick of the playoff race, do they make it? Yeah, I feel like the Wings do make the playoffs. They're holding firm in a playoff spot. It's pretty cool that we're starting to release a show right in the midst of the middle of the season where the Wings are currently in a playoff position. Some people just hate to see it. Um, a lot of people, the Wings had a lot of doubters coming into the season. A lot of questions about how this team is built. Um, from the naysayers, people who don't have their ear to the ground on a day-to-day basis. We see the uh, so-called plan everyone talks about. Um, but yeah, I see the Wings get in. I think it's going to take about 94 to 96 points to get in. I think the Wings are going to you know, squeak in. Something Darian might talk about later on the show. It's a good number. Keep it in mind. Yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, You know what? I said with 10 games to go in this month that six wins would put them right in the thick of things. Right now they're with 10 games left. In the final 10 games of January, uh, they've got four wins. you got three games left. You know, winnable one tonight, winnable one next week, and then the icing on the cake would be Vegas on the weekend. Who is coming in off of back-to-back, I believe. Yes, they play the Rangers the yeah. night before. So, so uh, very doable. And, uh, you know, going into the All-Star break and their bye, have a very good chance of being in a good playoff spot. And then that sets up the general manager for down the road, and we'll get into that later about uh, what's he going to do. So, Yep, so Flyers, Golden Knights, and Ottawa to close out the month. That is uh, Thursday, the 25th. You're likely going to see this after that game had passed. Hopefully the Wings come out on top. Um, the Golden Knights are on the 27th, and the Senators are on January 31st. 31st. Yeah. All home games. You know, I was wondering why at first the at game the was 8 o'clock on Saturday. They're doing uh, LCA double dip, Piston Land at noon. Oh, boy. So. Piston double dip with the uh, with the Red Wings. Um, and then there's an, the interesting... Nothing like, not like riling the crowd up by uh, going to a Piston game first. Yeah. The interesting, the, the interesting double dip is that Michigan, Michigan State game followed by, no, it's the Wings and Canucks first followed by the on the tenth, followed by tenth, yeah, that'll be a good one. The Michigan, good, Michigan State hockey, a good day game. in the D for sure. Trey Augustine in net for the Spartans, so that will be interesting. We'll talk about him also later in the show. Aaron, you didn't really. Are you waiting to give a take on the uh, playoff appearance? Yeah, yeah, I want to get I. I definitely think they're going to make the playoffs, but I, there's going to be an interesting segment to really lay out my my full thoughts. Okay, he's a he's a homer. He's a homer. So I've heard, but we'll get a little tease in there. I like it. Alrighty. Yeah. All right. It's time to introduce Old Man Yells at Cloud, our resident old man of the show, Mike. He, he's got some hockey thoughts. Some of them old. You're going to hear them. All right. Here we go. All right. One of my biggest pet peeve, and it's been growing and growing over the last couple of years. I don't know what they're saying at the uh, head level of the officials, but 
linesman kicking somebody out on every draw. Every draw, somebody's getting kicked out. I'm going to take it back to Don Cherry way back in the 1980s, early 80s, when he first started doing Coach's Corner. He was talking to Bobby Clark, who was still playing in the league. This is how long ago this was. Bobby Clark said, 20,000 people do not pay good money to watch a guy with a striped shirt drop a puck. Okay? They're there to see the stars. They're there to see the hockey. You're not the show. So, NHL, please listen to me when I tell you this. Tell your guys, drop the fucking puck. That's all I got. Right. Yeah, I like it. I I feel the same way. They they get carried away, especially recently. It's costing teams like important uh, offensive zone draws and all that. So, um, you know, you're getting kicked out to, you know, your winger has to come in and win the draw. I mean, a lot of teams are kind of counteracting that by placing two centers on the ice, especially in crucial situations. But um, that's, it's that's, kinda, a, that's an old school tactic. It's kind of yes, known yes. around the league. You, you, you almost have to do it more often. That's what I mean. It's known around the league that you almost have to do that on every <laughs> crucial draw for sure. I mean, the wings Even, have, and a lot of teams do. They have the luxury of the, you know, most forwards in the National Hockey League played center at some time. But it's just that some are much better at draws than others. I mean, Larkin's much better than some guys that they got. But, you, you know, when Rasmus and Cops on the ice, you know, Raz can come in and take the draw and, and he's definitely not at a, at a disadvantage. So, um, you know, I, I just like to say, just speed up the game, you know, a little bit more. We're not here to watch you do that. So that's all I got. Yep. All right. So we'll get into what's still a little bit of ways away, but I think we can get some base level thoughts on it. Um, the wings and the trade deadline. Should they be buyers? Who could they possibly acquire? What do you guys think? Um, well, I feel like the Wings potentially have already made their trade deadline acquisition by getting Patrick Kane earlier in the season as a in-season signing. Um, he's outperformed a lot of our expectations of what we expected from him. I feel like uh, he gave a ni- the team a nice jolt in the arm, although they didn't perform initially right off the bat when he came into the lineup. But uh, I feel like adding him was very crucial to the roster. Yeah, I mean, Kane provides a role, especially on the power play, that you just wouldn't have been able to acquire any other way. So it was a huge boost. It'd be nice to get him back. Absolutely. Um, you know what? If you look at it, uh, can you add some depth in certain areas? Scoring isn't a need. So I would think keeping the puck out of the net is. So shore up the goaltending as a possibility. I'll let you get into that in a minute. Um, Adding possibly another somebody else on the back end, uh, maybe getting rid of a uh, somebody that still has term or is on an expiring contract, and bring in somebody that maybe is a rental because we do have guys that are on the verge of coming up down in Grand Rapids next year. So it's you, there's a lot of avenues that can be uh, that can be run here by the general manager, and and hopefully he picks the right one. So yeah, if you can get out of one of these deals and, and upgrade your team, uh, that's two birds one stone, and they have a possibility to do that. No, these GMs aren't stupid to say, does anyone really want to add these players? I'm thinking of a couple in particular that are we're potentially looking to get rid of uh, term-wise. You know, I'll say like a Justin Hall for one. He's looked good in the li- lineup for the most part for the Red Wings this year. Um, but it's the kind of thing where do you want to pay the term? I mean, it's something we thought of right off the bat initially. Like, do you want to pay this term of 
three years. It's going to be tough to get out of, but the Wings will be able to eat money if they really have to get out of the term. It's not super urgent to get out of the term, and you can kind of scratch them or play them in the lineup either or. All all seven defensemen have played at some point this year and have been scratched at some point this year, with the exception of Cider. So I feel like uh, Hall's the one that I'm looking to. It could definitely be. You can always add on defense. You can never have enough defensemen. Um, with goaltending, you know, they've used three at some point this year. All three have started at some point this year for multiple games. Um, Alex Lyons kind of taking the reins. He's looked the uh, he's looked the part of a number one um, stats-wise, um, advanced stats-wise. Every In every aspect, he has taken the reins. It is what I called before the season. We have a show on another platform. Um, that I said before the season that he would likely do this. Um, it's one of my best takes ever, honestly, about anything hockey related. One of these for sure. Because I don't nail them all, but that one I was spot on on. I had seen enough of him in Florida um, when he helped carry the team to the playoffs. Mostly did carry the team to the playoffs. He ended yeah, he up. Got it. He got him there. Yeah. And was replaced later in the playoffs, but ended up coming back in later in the playoffs to play. Um, but he's if he gets rolling, it's one of those things, you know, goaltending's a fickle thing. If things go right, it's going right. If it's going wrong, it's going wrong. Seven three is good. Having, you know, three better ones and getting you know, Reimer's the one where we're like, Are we like what's the plan here? He's had to play due to Huso being out, but could you add a piece in net potentially? There's gonna be goalies that are potentially gonna be on the move. You know, so, they have an opportunity to give up at least a mid-round pick, maybe third even, to get somebody at any level, whichever they decide. I can't see them giving up a first, second, any in the no, high range, no. but even just any addition, I'll, I'll take. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a huge. Well, I mean, we're going to see in the next little bit uh, Huso's getting a conditioning stint coming up uh, in Grand Rapids. I believe they'll be in net on in down there on Friday. Friday, yes. I believe it's on Twitter. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter uh, at LTRW19, okay, or X as it's called now. Also, uh, add us on Facebook. Uh, that's Let's Talk Red Wings on Facebook. Uh, we'll respond to comments. We'll respond to questions. Uh, just let's be social. Yep. You know, the one that really interests me that I thought about um, when I – Let's pose this question. If you're going to look to upgrade in net, you know, someone like a Capo Kakinen is on the Sharks. It's a potential ad that could fall into that role if things don't work out with who so. Reimer, you know, hasn't looked the part of playing at the NHL level really this year. I think we could firmly say he's done his job when needed to against uh, the Stars the other night. He came in for the third. Um, and stopped all shots, but you know it's always a position you're looking to <clears throat> add if you can, and you're not going to try and put all the weight on Lyon. So a guy like Kakinen might not be a bad play to add because the Sharks. Well, we know about the Sharks. The Sharks are a good team to bet when you can get a lean on them, but that is due to them not winning very often. Yeah. I think, and they're a team that'll take future assets any way they can get them. So. Right. They're, they're ground floor of a rebuild, so I think that's a legit possibility. He's going to be on the move, I bet. Yeah. He'll be on the move. 
Yeah, there's a there's a handful of D. I think Calgary's probably one of the biggest sellers coming up. Um, they got Tanev. I think that's a possibility. He might go a high, higher end than I would expect. But I've always liked Tanev's game. Hannafin's another guy they might look to move on from. Um, and in net, like Markstrom has played like exceptional for them this year. Like he is one guy that has looked like their their defense lapses a lot. They have a lot of lapses in their game. It's the reason why they're you know potentially selling and not a firm playoff team because there is talent on that roster. But he's one guy. He's one of the few goalies in the league where I look to and I'm like, yep, this guy. You know, I liked me and Darian both like to bet a lot. You're gonna learn that about this on the show, especially hockey and well, we'd like betting football as well. But we don't talk about that on the show. But um, Calgary is a team where, like, when Markstrom's in net, it is significantly better with them with Fodar in net. He's a guy who's potentially going to get moved. But like, what is Calgary going to ask to move on from him? I know. Well, like, the, it's going to be more than the Red Wings are willing to give up. So it's yeah. not, I'm not even going to question it. It's not going to happen. They're in a position where I feel like they'll definitely get somebody to buy at that price because they have Wolf in the pipeline who had a great year in the AHL and he's knocking on the door. He's he's had a couple games here this year and he's definitely NHL ready. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm talking at a minimum I think a couple of firsts for a goalie. Like he's he's one of the higher end goalies in the league and I've talked about this to you quite a bit. There's not a lot of true high end goalies in the league. I feel like you got you got Hellbuck and then you kind of got right now you kind of got everybody else. Yeah. That's the way it kind of feels like in this league right now. You know, you got the old names of Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, but they haven't been playing up to the caliber that we expect of them. Yeah. Um, those guys are both super high paid. Hellbuck's not paid as high as those two. He's the guy who you watch him and you're like, they Jets definitely have an edge in net when he plays. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we don't have to see him again this year. Yeah. Until June. So while we're on the subject of goalies, I feel like it's a good time to bring up Alex Lyon and his future with the team. Will he be the starting goalie beyond this year? You know, this kind of just goes back to what I was just saying about goalies. And I feel like, you know, this is a guy who hasn't proven enough yet, even though I've sung my praise of him being, you know, the guy potentially for the rest of the season. Been super impressive with his game. He's, you know... He kind of, he's exceeded my expectations slightly. Um, he's definitely blown past both of your expectations. I know you guys, you know, you liked the signing initially because um, you'd seen him play in Florida. Darian liked the signing too. He liked the signing much more than Reimer. But um, he's, <laughs> he's exceeded expectations. Him looking like, you know, let's call it what it is. Right now he looks like a top 10 goalie in the NHL. Um, and that's blown past expectations. But is Iserman going to be willing to give a goalie significant length or money and term? Not likely. No, not with guys in the pipeline that are coming up behind. And we don't know who that is yet, but it'll work itself out. So. Yeah. I mean, and I'm going to lead into this because we're going to do a prospect update too. You know, I am, I am a goalie guy. It's my favorite position on the ice. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about Lion here, but we got two goalies that are definitely two of my favorites prospect wise in the system, both for different reasons. And that's the beauty of what the Red Wings have here. 
Yeah, Trey Augustine, who was a second-round pick uh, out of the development program, currently playing for Michigan State. Um, he was the goalie at the World Juniors for the Americans. <clears throat> he, he's played in two World Juniors in a row for the Americans, so he's been, been very impressive at every aspect of his development. Every step along the way, he's been impressive. Um, slightly undersized, but he plays his position very well. He communicates well in net. Um, and he doesn't get flustered, and that's very important in goaltending. Of Kosa, you know, who I would say is my second. Augustine's my favorite prospect in the system right now. Kosa would be my second favorite prospect in the system. Um, Kosa is definitely the more intriguing one. He was the first-round pick. He's the one everyone talks about. And for obvious reasons, when you see a six foot seven goalie, that brings a lot of hype around it. Yeah, it's and he's an Iserman pick, right? And so you, you go back to to Vaz and you go back to to Bishop guys like he's picked big goalies in the past that have worked out. So you know we're hoping this is our big goalie that works out. What's funny though is Augustine's more in line size wise with Vasilevsky because Vasilevsky's not overly big, right? He's like a six three goalie. Augustine's like an inch shorter. Kosa is more of that Bishop model, and that remains to be seen. Can a goalie hold up long term? Being that tall, because Reese goalies of recent times have not been able to hold up, I've found, at that size. It's going to be interesting, and he gets out of position too a lot, but a lot of potential. Yeah, You know, it's interesting to hear this this Kosa praise from you. Like, I know you're really excited about him, but in the same vein, I know we've had debates about his struggles at the AHL level in his first year. Mike's had to come to his defense in some conversations, so. Yeah, we're going to try and keep a positive mindset towards it. I feel like, you know, he's got to start to get more starts. He's got to start to be more consistent to be able to keep advancing through the levels. But he's in a good spot. He's got all the measurables. So we're going to hope for the uh, hope for the best with Kosa right now. And great off-seasons as well. So really got to keep the work up. Just keep the work up. That's the thing is, like, from all accounts, Augustine has outworked Kosa in off seasons too. So not to make them it's not a comparison because ideally they both play in our lineup one day. Yeah. You know, they're one just, A, one B would a, be supposed so. to be a couple of years apart in their development, but we'll see how that all plays out. Right. Yeah. So. so he probably goes back to Michigan State next year, right? Yeah, I think he goes back to Michigan State. You know, it's that's the way the system is there. You can start every single game because it's a weekend dominant schedule. Um, you know, you go a single elimination knockout and once you get to the NCAA tournament it's it's one of the better development models for goalies because goalies you know being able to play every game is good um compared to say where Kosa came from in the major junior aspect um which I feel like because he was drafted as a late birthday it led to him kind of being forced to the pro ranks very quickly I feel too um, I feel like he could have, I'm pro major junior, but I feel like he could have used another year in major junior, but that wasn't in the cards when you're a first round pick. You got to get him signed, got to get him in the system. So he, uh, he went down and played three games for the, uh, Grand Rapids Griffins last year and then played the rest of his time in Toledo. Looked pretty solid in Toledo, but, uh, but it's a different development model and Augustine's following the, uh, U.S. college model. Where he gets to play every game, 
And the beauty of it is he's a hometown kid. There's no signability concerns. The guy grew up a Red Wings fan. That is a question with a lot of NCAA, high-end NCAA players. Can you get them signed? You know, we just saw it with Cutter Goche, who went fifth overall, getting traded because he was going to refuse to sign with the Flyers. With uh, Augustine, that's not even a question at all. So they can keep him. They can honestly keep him in Michigan State, at Michigan State, until they feel he's ready to play in the NHL and sign him. And he goes straight from Michigan State to the NHL, potentially, if he's performing at that level. Yeah, it's good. We got. Uh, there was a time where we didn't really have anything in the goalie pipeline, so it's exciting. Okay. Um, yeah, while we're on first-round picks, we got Casper, Marco Casper, finally heating up. He was player of the week down there, point per game in his last 10. He, he is now coming around, and he had the North American AHL adjustment period. Even preseason, there, there was knocks on him. People were saying he's, he's coming in slow not looking how he did down and he it's just really exciting for me you have the doubts the doubts creep in every time you see preseason struggles you, you look at the ahl stats and they're not what you want so seeing him heating up and getting coach praise he's, especially it's exciting he's a guy where he's not the strongest skater in the world he competes exceptionally well as every Iserman pick. That is Iserman's main trait. You can tell from following his drafts. Compete is everything that he drafts off of. Not everything, but that is his main topic of thought when he's drafting. So Casper competes exceptionally well, but when he when he's lacking foot speed, that's his biggest knock, um, and it's really noticeable. But it's good to see him performing currently in Grand Rapids. That's where learning the game and learning how to play the North American game can speed up your game mm-hmm. not in straight line speed but in anticipation and things right. like that so that's the stuff that hopefully he's he's really starting to get now and will transfer into his game he looked good he, i mean he had a great nose for the net as uh you know in his little stint that he had there last year playing playing up but uh you know hopefully get some time towards the end of the year if, you know if they're able to get him in the if lineup. they're able to get him in the lineup you know it's pretty pretty tough to get in right now so that brings us to another guy yeah, we got Carter Mazur is one I really wanted to to mention because he's he's not one I really get to see how he's doing as well besides stats and he's he's one that's really gained steam over the last year in prospect circles. So I think he has 18 points in the 30 games, 10 goals. 18 and 30, which is going to pace out to about 20 goals over the course of an AHL season. Um with Carter, it's the same type of deal. As uh, I kind of mentioned with Augustine, they were able to give him the U.S. Uh, college development model. He came from Michigan as well, um, ended up playing at U of Denver, and then he was uh, he was dominant down there. And he plays the type of game that you longtime Red Wing fans will kind of correlate to Darren Helm, uh, except a little slower, but, you know, compete always on the puck when Darren Helm was at the top of his game. Exciting to watch. and. He has a nose for the net as well, um, which Darren Helm was able to score some clutch goals back in the day for the Red Wings. Sure was. <clears throat> but, yeah, so Carter Mazur, going to hope to fill a role at the bottom of the lineup, third or fourth line, once he comes up to the Red Wings full term. He's a guy I'm confident in of most, out of a lot of the draft picks, especially the non-high pick ones, he was a third-round pick. He is the one I'm most confident that is going to end up being a full-time NHLer. 
Um, you can just tell in the way he's competed. Um, I've watched him, you know, play a little bit in the AHL. I've watched him play at the World Juniors. He looked very good for the U.S. And then, you know, in a single elimination tournament like the NCAA tournament, he brought his best. And those are, those games are like Game 7 when you get in that tournament. He brought his best. He eliminated sorry, a team that eliminated Michigan, won a national championship. He was, uh, he was at his best when it matters most. <laughs> Got a flair for the dramatic. So he's a guy who I fully expect to be in the lineup at some point. Yeah, it's good. So now we got to mention the biggest names, especially there's some big news on both of them. Last year's first round picks, Nate Danielson. He Nate Danielson. He had a great tournament for Canada. That they didn't make it very far, but he was one of the better players on the team. And he's since been traded from Brandon, where he was playing in the Western Hockey League, to Portland. Yep, he got traded to the Portland Winterhawks, the Western Hockey League proud organization that's hopefully it's hoping to find itself in Saginaw for the Memorial Cup that's a big tournament in the CHL um yeah, he's part of the Canadian team that you know those of you you'll find like we'll be talking about the world juniors more the following next year when you're watching our episode next year um it's a big tournament for us and it was Canada's most disappointing performance in a long time but that was not due to Nate Danielson he looked like Canada, one of Canada's better players towards the end of the tournament. Um, he just knew he was going to work his way up through the, the out, forward line. Yeah, so he yeah, started as a 13th forward. Uh, towards the end of the tournament, he ended up being uh, clearly one of the better forwards for the Canadians. And he's got a, he's got a compete, strong compete level. You know, he looks good. I feel like I'm higher on him than I am on Casper. Um, and due to the development, System that is the CHL. He's back in the Western Hockey League because he didn't make the Detroit Red Wings. He's stuck in training camp and preseason as long as he possibly could. But it was definitely for the best for him to go back to the Western Hockey League. Yeah, they um, gave him a good taste in the, in yeah. the preseason. So best for him to go back there. Um, he's going to a better team, a stacked Portland team. As you get in Major Junior Hockey, this team's definitely building to try and win it all this year. When the Western Hockey League and the Memorial Cup. After you return, too. After you return, they made a big trade to get them. So. Two firsts, a fifth, and two young players. It's... So we're going be, to be following it very closely. We're going to be following the Winter Hawks, and we're going to be following Nate Danielson because I want to see what he can do. Yeah. Try and win the Memorial Cup. Yep. Already. We got Sandy and Pelica. He, speaking of World Juniors, he won defenseman of the tournament. He, he met every expectation and then some for me. Reading a lot through the year, you could tell he was having a great year in the Swedish league he's playing in. He was dominant in the tournament. He's one I'm really, really excited about. He was a pick at the draft. I wrote down when we were doing our draft thoughts as one I really wanted for the second first-round pick. He's met and exceeded every expectation of mine. It, It is a bummer. He does have a fairly major injury. He should be out about two months um tore something in his upper body so you don't get the full development you would have liked but it's just a blimp on the radar he's probably still a couple years away so yeah he needs to get to hopefully heal up and start the year in grand rapids next year yeah and uh keep developing the right shot very skilled get on the uh, north american ice surface and give it a go from there that's right yeah there's a, there's a lot in uh red wing prospect land we didn't even Need to mention Edvinson. He's 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 fairly close. So we're gonna get to Edvinson, Edvinson in a later episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. Nice job on the prospects, guys. So we'll give you a little game preview that might end up dated, but you'll you'll see how we do things. You got the Flyers coming into Detroit. They're right in the playoff race with the Wings. It's it's a big two points we need. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, it's a game that Detroit needs bad. Philly's got 56 points. The Red Wings got 53 points. Uh, Philly's third in the Metro right now. The Wings are in the second wildcard spot, so it's a game they definitely need. Alex Lyon's going to get the start, hoping to bounce back after a poor showing against the Stars. Which was good coaching, I thought, by the way, of, uh, you know he's going to be your guy the next game. You know he's going to be the guy potentially the rest sit, of the sit season. Him, so. Sit him down on the third. Sit him down. Get him ready to go. Yep. Um, Philly's slumping. Three losses in a row. So the Wings got to take advantage of them on home ice. Yeah. Uh, top five in shots on goal for and against. Uh, lots of shorthanded goals. Um, top ten goals against. Very structured, as a Tortorella team usually is. Uh, get rubber to the net, okay? Um, goaltending might be an issue right now, so we don't need to get into that. And play a solid 200-foot game against these guys. And uh, just don't beat yourselves. Although Samuel Erson has been playing quality hockey in net for the Flyers, he's looked pretty good for the most part. Um, the losses... Uh, he started the last game, but a couple of losses have been Carter Hart starts. Um, Carter Hart's no longer with the team currently, so he's been a moneymaker for us if you got that flyer money out there. Yeah. Okay. All right, so it's a good time to get uh, some insight from Coach Mike. Yeah, I'm going to do uh, a little bit of X's and O's here, uh, nothing too uh, drastic. Um, one issue the Wings had, especially through December, was their defensive zone coverage. Uh, a lot of time in their zones, a lot in zone, a lot of shots against. Uh, it even transferred into a little bit in January, the Edmonton game, stuff like that. They've done a much better job this month of keeping things on the perimeter, uh, not giving up as many quality scoring chances. And uh, just to go over it for anybody that's, uh, you know, not really knowledgeable in the in the uh, in the zone and in the coverage. There's basically three types of defensive zone coverage. You got man to man, which had become more prevalent probably about five six years ago. Yeah. Okay. Basically, you got a guy, keep stay on the defensive side of him, okay? Once a puck battle ensues, then we can start to get numbers and, and get the puck, okay? Uh, straight zone, I was watching Chicago the other night. They were playing a straight zone where where uh, their guys aren't going up high or low in the zone. They basically, you know, net front D, corner D, center helping down low, uh, two wingers, one high slot, one puck side boards. So uh, they really didn't deviate much from that. Wings play like Tampa did in the last couple of years. They play a little bit more of a hybrid. Their top two guys will be man-to-man, and then three guys down low will play zone. Okay, and what happens there is you might see a defenseman come really high in the zone compared to what you see, you've seen in the past, okay? You see Sider and guys like that, they'll gap up. They, want, they, want, they don't want their guy taking the puck out of the corner, swinging high across the zone, and then, and then just finding a nice soft spot in the high zone to be able to let a shot go. So, so they allow their wingers to still stay man to man, but you're, you know, you're covering, you know, a lot of ground out there. Okay. But they seem to be doing a much better job up until the Dallas game the other day. And I'm going to go over the four goals real quick. Um, not very good on the gaps on the entries, uh, a little bit too, too big. And it gave the, uh, the Dallas skaters a little bit too much room for too much respect. Uh, first goal um, is a good issue with that. Was um, Debrinket? Debrinket had his guy in a good back check position. 
kind of let him go. They went a little tic-tac-toe and ended up hitting him on the backside, and he scored. Uh, I don't have the Dallas goal scored. Sorry about that. But uh, second one, uh, bad gaps on the entry again. Okay, seemed to be a little bit of a theme. And then you've got full control of the puck and Costa in front of the net, and he just his, – his stick got out-muscled, and you can't have that happen. And it ended up in the back of the net. Uh, the next two, Lyon partially at fault. Okay, he dropped a stick, I believe, on the third goal. Uh, but no head on a swivel by by uh, by Sprong in the slot. Okay, uh, he didn't catch the guy coming in off the backside that was able to pick up a rebound. And and Lyon didn't have as much of a chance, but still dropped his stick and tried to do that thing where he gets his shoulder to the top so of the net. Trying to get to the post, and, yeah. Yeah, it hasn't worked the last two times he's tried it. So no. Um, the last one, uh, Larkin with not a very good pass, just a saucer across the middle, got picked off uh, coming out of the zone, and Lyon got beat, shelved, like, clean on it. I think that's, pro- that's probably – last two ones are ones he might want to have back. Not so much Definitely. for getting back to the post, but but it was a bad rebound. Okay, they were playing a pass off the pad for sure, but but uh, you got to be able to get your stick on those pucks and deflect them off into the corner and off the glass and not have them just be nice – juicy fat one coming out to the to the far side dot which the dallas player buried so guys at um, that level ain't gonna miss that very yeah often. and and you know what they have improved it tremendously in january it was just that looked a little bit more like december the last uh the second period of the last game and hopefully they clean that up for tonight so but not nearly as dangerous a team offensively in philly as they had in dallas but you can't like coach lalone said you can't give a team like dallas opportunities like that they're, they're gonna bury them so that's all I got. Philly can score though a little bit. Yeah, they can. Oh, they got some guys that can score. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think they're as offensively gifted as Dallas is. No. No, absolutely not. So. All right, we tease this one. So, time to get into it. All right, it's time to get knuckles deep in Darian's digits. We're gonna give him some good music here. All right, so. To not date this too much, I'm not going to give you a real, a real play for tonight. I am playing Wings minus 115 if you want to look back on this. And, In retrospect, yeah. Yeah. But really, I just wanted to give my general strategies for betting and open the show and kind of, you'll see how I bet and just how things go. So we do this on another platform. My season record, I'll give it to you so you know what's coming. Um, betting wings games exclusively wings games so either side of the game or the total six and 12 not great extremely tough to do though because you don't you never have a play on every single game of your favorite team just in the sense of like sometimes there'll be a good matchup sometimes there'll be a bad matchup and it's it's a struggle stay away you're gonna stay away normally but we make Darian make the pick, so yeah. Last year I was eight and seven on it. You really never know, but using these strategies, bet of the night thirteen and six, and really it just comes down to playing a couple things. Um, focusing on looking at the public. There's websites where you can look at public betting, and it, it's not it's not a rule. Um, it's not exclusive. It won't always work. But you'll see a lot of teams, the general public, you'll have about 80%, 90% betting one way. And baiting the public is a legit strategy. You can try. Um, I usually avoid road teams. That's one of the things 
Um, if you have a decent road play, you can go for it. But generally, you, you get home value, home underdogs. It's the way to go, particularly bad teams. You'll get really good value. Don't be afraid to bet bad teams. Yeah, because bad teams got to win at some point in this league. Um, they're going to win, you know, your 30 to 35 games in the course of a season. You're, you're really bad teams. I'm talking like the, you know, the teams in the uh, – Macklin Celebrini race, you know, you got your Chicago, your San Jose, your Anaheim and your Columbus. I think that's the clear bottom four in the league. But those are teams that usually come to play at home. Yeah, just just this year we've we've hit Shark Money, we've hit Chicago without Bedard, we've hit Seattle on an eight game losing streak. You start to learn the spots. You'll see money differential sometimes where there's sharp bigger betting people on the the right side. And that, that's when you got to look. You, you'll just you'll learn to pick your spots using these strategies. You'll get home underdogs. I, you'll even find some lines where you, you, you question, why is this team only favored by so much? And that's that's just when you take them. There's they're not exclusive, but using these, you, you'll hit about 55, 60 percent. And that's really where you want to be. It's it's a good spot to be. I'm playing the Habs for for tonight. You, that's another one you can look back on. But they're at home against the Islanders. Patrick was facing the Habs as the coach this time. So yeah, as the coach, yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting spot. Um, you have to bet these teams sometimes. So you go for it, and you might win money. What I really wanted to throw to people, and why I tease the point is futures i'm not a huge futures guy but you can look into futures and there's value um people will look to stanley cup bets it's going to be very difficult to find a stanley cup bet you can throw a small amount on your team you're feeling but you got plus 700 800 a thousand on boston colorado vegas and there's value but it's just too difficult to pinpoint at this point in the season, but the better plays, I think you can still do them right now. And it's taking a look at point totals and over unders the wings right now, 91 and a half is their over under even money either way. And we talked about it. 94, 96, that's above the threshold and the wings are on pace to be in that range. And if you're confident in them, they, they should even go above that. There's a shot to go even higher. So I just don't see them being under 90 points unless something catastrophic happens. So I'm going to take the even money. We're going to have real money on this future. So take your shot while you can and follow these strategies and you'll make some money. We'll have regular plays for you every time we do this show from here on out. So nice job, that's Darian. what we do. Right. Lastly, I wanted to give Brendan a shot looking around the league. There, there's some teams playing a bit over their head, or maybe not. You got, you got Winnipeg, Philly, higher in the standings than you would have thought Vancouver. So who do you think is the most surprising? Who do you think is going to stick this out? All right, so I'm going to go with the most surprising team so far this year I'm going to go with is, uh, has been Winnipeg. Uh, they made a lot of moves in the offseason. Um, that looked like they're 
run of being a playoff team might be over. But as I mentioned previously in the episode, Connor Hellbuck has been playing on a level uncompared to anyone else in the league in net. Um, all their players, and Winnipeg catches a lot of flack around the league of being probably the worst place to play in the league. A lot of players don't want to go there. I can't remember of a free agent outright ever de- deciding to go to Winnipeg. Hellebuck likes to ice fish. But he likes to ice fish, yep. He's a Michigan guy. He's from Michigan. Um, so he does enjoy that kind of environment. And you get even more ice, as you guys know, up in, uh, up in Winnipeg. The Great White North up there. So he's uh he's looked the part this year. He's played great and at a very good number. Um Cole Perfetti continues to develop. Kyle Connors looks solid. Ehlers always comes to play. Um Ehlers was a high pick of Winnipeg a few years ago. Shifley's been there the whole time the franchise has been there. Um you got Niederreiter Nemestikov playing well, former Red Wing, Vlad Nemestikov. Um, and the big signing was, you know, Alex Iafalo goes from playing with the Kings, goes over to Winnipeg. He's looked the part. And it's almost like, which is real shocking, not really, if you know the personality, getting rid of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has actually made the team better. Yeah. That's a shocker. Not really. <laughs> um, the Kings are going through some stuff right now due to uh, a lack of buy-in. There's Zox uh, Doughty called out. This is going to be dated by the time this comes out. There's a call out from Doughty in the room after an embarrassing loss to Buffalo. Um, and give your head a shake on who potentially is not buying in because he's a guy who's forced his way out of two locations. Uh, he's known to sulk. And I think Winnipeg getting rid of that baggage might be for the better. The other thing that I haven't mentioned yet is they have. An experienced coach who gets a lot of buy-in from his players and Rick Bonus. He's been around forever. He he was coaching the Senators back when they came into the league as an expansion team. He's been around the team. He never gets too high or low after losses. Um, and that's a team that's rolling towards the playoffs. And I think is giving Canada its best chance to win a Stanley Cup in a very long time with this group. Also, another team I'll quickly shout out that has exceeded expectations is Vancouver. I didn't see that coming. They've come back to earth a little bit recently. Um, Part of that was because early in the season, Thatcher Demko was just flat out playing out of his mind. He's regressed a bit. Um, And as we've talked about multiple times in this episode, goaltending, hard to come by, hard to find. But when you find it and when you got it, you got to keep it going. So, yep. That's my look around the league. Yeah, it's good. All right, it's a good time to wrap you up. Know who's, hold on, you want to know yeah. who's really surprised me? Yeah. Ottawa and Buffalo. Yeah. Because they were supposed to be way better than us. Wow, we almost left that out. Ottawa yeah. and Buffalo, the constant tie-ins. How much yeah. better? Way, 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 way better. Way better. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> wow. How many times did I hear, wow, Ottawa and Buffalo is further ahead in their rebuilds than you guys, and you started earlier. It wasn't even just that it was further ahead. It was like people people were insulted by the fact that you'd even lump the Red Wings in that category. Exactly. It felt like they were the cream of the crop of the (laughs) up-and-comers. And the other thing is, like, the Wings had, you know, we'll see long-term what some of these contracts are like in the the long-term. In the short-term, a lot of these contracts that the Wings signed have looked pretty solid. 
with uh, Ottawa and Buffalo. As I just mentioned with Winnipeg, tough to get its players to go to Ottawa and Buffalo. But Ottawa thought they had struck gold when they signed Jonas Corposalo. He's come on a little bit lately, and the Sens have played a little better lately. But that guy, it was a head-scratcher right away, and I hated it right off the bat when they signed him to pretty big money for a goalie to be their starter. And he has not looked the part. Yeah, you've said it before, fooled by his play in L.A. And, yeah, it, it was a major head-scratcher. People told me is he's better than Huso. They'll get at least average goaltending. It's just not it. About a week ago, he was analytically the worst goalie in the league. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, you know, DJ, I liked a lot. He's a local guy. We're all from Windsor here. I liked a lot of what he did as a coach. He got a lot of buy-in from them but they're not as structurally sound as L.A. is, for sure. Um, he ended up losing his job over their lack of performance so far this year, and it has shown that Corpusello is not enjoying his time in Ottawa so far. Yeah. You All just right, hate to see it. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so it's a good time to wrap it up. We'll, we'll have a show next week. We'll show the socials. You can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk Red Wings over on X at LTRW19, and on TikTok, Let's Talk Red Wings. So we, we got them all out there. The socials are just getting on the ground floor. We'll, we'll, we'll get some content out to you. So Get to our Facebook page. We'll add you. Uh, you know, make a request out a friend. And uh, check us out on Twitter, and we'll have some links to uh, some of those socials as we get them up this week. So yeah. thanks for watching. You know what? It's awesome. Uh, it's taken a while for us to get this off the floor. and. Uh, we're hitting the ground running now. Like I said, we cut our teeth on another platform. We've got a lot of shows under our belt, so we think we're doing pretty good. Uh, you might think we're shit. We don't care what your opinion is. You know what? Hope you'll enjoy the show, but uh, we're going to keep coming at you. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go, Red Wings. Go Wings. 50 minutes.